What keeps on seeping through the floatsam and the jetsam is there is only time. We can very, very quickly sort of go negative and say, ah, but, and you kind of go, no, let's accept the little win. I'm a boomtown rash. I'm a bit of a Bob Geldof avatar. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. So we are back on a Monday morning thinking things through, even though our show goes out on a Friday. But we have these little trepidations, and, and I've been using that word a few times this weekend. Ooh, is this the way forward? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I know, Guy, and you've been having the same kind of thing. And what's been happening is we get those little chitter chatter boxes. It's back, back to where we were a year ago, almost, where we were kind of getting all these kind of, ooh, are we doing the right thing? The little nerves start to get in there, and you can hear it in the voice as we start to shake a little bit, you know. And we, 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 we have to talk through where are we going and what are we going to do? And I think this morning is quite interesting because we've had a few little things that have kind of just given us a little bit of a buzz and a little bit of kind of, oh, actually, that's not too bad. We can we can do something with that. So I'll actually give Garvin the joy of actually explaining what that actually is. Because <laughs> I think you needed what? it, didn't you? Yeah, because you're a bit you're a bit low this morning. I, I, there was there was lots of things hit you. No, I'm exactly no. I'm not. I think I. I'm a boomtown rat. I'm a bit of a Bob Geldof avatar. Actually, when I was younger and I had me hair and me big lips, I got mistaken for Bob Geldof. Being a student, like, you tend to spend a lot of time in college, takes a lot away from my study if I, if I hadn't had something to eat. No, I was a better looking Bob Geldof, in my opinion, than Bob Geldof. <laughs> but we are around the same era. I think he's a little bit older. But back in the 80s, I had the long hair. I had this accent. And the odd time in a dark night with a few pints on you, you might think Bob is behind you. That's what we got. But Bob Geldof didn't like Mondays. And I think I didn't, I don't, I do like Mondays, but I have a bit of Bob Geldof sort of boomtown radish about me of a Monday morning. I get a bit of the week is ahead. What am I doing? Oh, God almighty, where am I going? And it's usually from something over the weekend that other people might have said, are you still doing that? What are you doing? How are you going to pay the bills? That won't pay bills now anytime soon. You can't keep on doing that forever. Blah, blah, blah. I go, I'm doing what I like. I like this. It is the passion project. I know that now from all the learnings of the last year. But I don't know how to make it pay just yet. And that's the pay is the pain. If you put the pay in first, you're putting the pain Pain in first, and that's putting the paying in first, and it won't work because I cannot figure out how it's meant to pay now. And we had a good interview last week or a show with Rean Lanigan, who's going on a journey of wanting to monetize his podcast. He sees the podcast as being the business. He's going all in and doing seven of these a week getting CEO founders and tech startup entrepreneurs, and he's going to do as not as many as he can, but he's going to become the vice. He's going to become 
the go-to person maybe in Ireland for this type of thing. And he has an idea of what he wants and he wants to do enough of it. And if he does seven and someone else is doing one, then he's hedging his bet. And he's given himself a better chance of being where he needs to be in two years' time by putting the effort in now. But the goal is to monetize. The goal is to have a podcast show that pays its way in one way or form. And I was going, what we are doing is we have a podcast show. Oh, oh we, I am enjoying it. Is it the game? Is it the monetization? And that's where the wavering started to come. The intent is not there or wasn't there for it to be, for it to be, for that pain to be paying. And that's where the, that come to Jesus moments were coming from because we hadn't got that intent to start with and therefore we spent too much energy here then what is paying is somewhere else. And maybe we're taking the easier route. We're doing what we enjoy. We're avoiding the pain that might pay. You know, so we have to put things in the right order. And then, lo and behold, to finish it off, a little sticker was emailed to us from Podbean, which is a, Spotify, which is a, a, a podcast platform. Now, it was only a little win, but... As George would say on a regular basis, it's the little wins that count. And you have to congratulate yourself every other day and give yourself a pat on the back for doing for these little micro achievements because it's a big thing in the scheme of things. Most people, and even Rian Lanigan mentioned it, most podcasters drop off by number seven. We mentioned that statistic before. We're 77 in. I think this is 77. It doesn't really matter. Well, what sticker came through the door was, congratulations on your 1,000th download. Now, we didn't achieve that with a single podcast. That's the pessimist chitter-chatter box. But we did achieve that with 77 podcasts. We're still here. We're still going. We're only starting. We've reached a milestone. It might have took a while. But now the second 1,000... Hopefully, it'll be a little bit faster. It doesn't have to monetize. It won't be as much pain. We're on a journey. That's what the that's what the universe reminds us. You're on the way. Don't worry about too much of a future just yet. Sure. Well, what's really good is you're talking about the universe again and and the influence and. Obviously, I've got a slightly different perspective, but we'll actually wind all these in a little bit because in, in, the, in the little thing that I was reading this morning, it was talking about um, all your enemies kind of going to you, where's your God? Where's your God? You know, look at him. He's not going to save you. But then it was kind of this idea that if you hold fast in your beliefs and the way you're going forward, it mentioned having the joy of going in and leading the people in to actually talk about everything that you're doing and uh, effectively the joy of bringing this congregation of folk in and that's what we're doing slightly different thing but we're looking at bringing a congregation or an audience space in to see our shows and the fact that we're sticking fast with our views and our opinions and our differences which is also important we believe that all of a sudden that audience will be generated and it's in the little things the little details that we do like for example we're reaching out now more to other people this is something we've been a little bit shy about, I think, in the past. And especially for me, it's not something I normally would do. But what I'm actually finding is that there's a confidence growing that it's okay to talk to other people. It's okay to have little conversations. 
And one of the little conversations I had over the weekend uh, stimulated a connection with someone that we, we, we hope to have on the show in a couple of weeks' time. And again, to talk to them about the processes that they've gone through from their perspective, which is will be totally different from ours, to see how they managed to get for, moving forward and how they built up their confidence and saw the little wins. And I think that's what we've been talking about today. It's the little wins. We can very, very quickly sort of go negative and say, ah, but, and you kind of go, no, let's accept the little win. The little win is justified. It may not seem big to lots of people. And at the moment, it's not a lot of monetary ideas or anything like that. But it's a little, it's a little treat to actually give us that Monday morning blues, a bit of a kick out the door and say, off you go. We don't need you. What we want is to move forward in a very, very positive way. That's where we're going now. And I think that's that's what's quite exciting because you suddenly get that little buzz that says, actually, we're doing a good job. I had somebody else say to me over the weekend, I'm trying to catch up with your your, your episodes. I, I'm actually really enjoying it and I want to keep on going. Other things keep happening. And there's the key thing. Most of our audience are quite busy. If we release a show every single day, and I know this from a colleague of mine who was getting notifications every day that I'd got another show up. He was kind of going, George, I've, I've almost switched you off and desubscribed from you because I'm getting these every day and I don't have enough time to watch your first one, let alone the seventh one that you've just suddenly kicked out. He says, can you slow it down a little bit? Otherwise, I'm going to have to drop you off. And that's the thing. If we go too much, we get overexposed too much with the podcasts that we're trying to do, we could lose our audience as much as gain an audience. And I think that's the we key thing. We don't have that problem yet. We, don't we have, have to find well, them to lose them. Well, but there was that one person. That was, a, that was our key person that's been watching everything for a thousand episodes or rather, you know, enough times. We could have lost that one person. So it'd make it harder for us to get to the 2000 mark, you know. But no, no, I think, uh, no, if we, we have to accept the little, the little, the little wins, and I think that's where we're going now. Just accepting the little wins and patting ourselves on the back, because there's going to be plenty of people out there who will try and knock us over, and the last thing that we need is us to knock us over as well. And I think that's an important message to to pass on to other people that are trying to aspire to whatever it is they're trying to aspire to. I think that's important. What do you think, Gavin? <laughs> no. Somewhere in that sentence, or maybe you didn't say it, and I think you said it, and now I can't remember because I have that short-term memory problem. <laughs> but I, regardless of whether you said it or not, what I think I heard was, if God was one of us, oh, lovely. would he have the same problems? You know, it, it's a song out there. I can't even, it's, a, it's a lyric from a song. I don't know who. But it's a very good band, I know that. And it was a famous record, or I don't even know a record, a download. It was download in Spotify space. But if God was one of us, now what's the one of us we're talking about here? A podcaster, possibly. So if God was a podcaster starting out, would he have the same problems that we are trying to get to a thousand downloads? It's not that he hasn't got great things to say. He has to get through the social media algorithms. He's a newbie. If God was one of us, a podcaster today, and he was starting out his podcast, and this was his way forward, and he's a nobody, he's an unknown podcaster before this, then is he going to have the same problems getting an audience? 
What is he saying? Because we want to say God-like things. We want to say good things. We want to we say motivational things. We want to be optimistic, not pessimistic. We want to help mental health, not make it worse. Well, it's not that we're God-like, but in the sense of empathy or in the sense of doing good things. Is that not what a podcast show wants to do? Now, some shows possibly maybe want to like uh, get to get you to say, you know, rise up or critique or, like we were saying this for Rianne there the other week, rise you. If we rise the audience, if there was an audience, will they share it more and comment more in that right timeline to get us a viral something that will basically get us the bigger audience that will get it and actually say, no, they're rising to the wrong part. They are the woke personalities that George was talking about, Rihanna was talking about, and they are not open to the other side, to the other options, to other ideas, to the other side of the conversation. If there's no other side of a conversation, it's a monologue. So if God was one of us, a podcaster, would he have, how quick would he get to a thousand downloads, I wonder, given today's myriad of voices out there? Well, Back to you. Yeah. What I, I'm actually surprised to discover that, uh, you know, that, that the song One of Us, which is by Joan Osborne, which I've just Googled, came out 25 years ago. <laughs> I can't believe that that's 25 years. It seemed like Well, something. that's one of us, but is that the, I don't know if that's the lyrics. Yeah, listen. That's not necessarily the song. What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus? That's it. That's the song. Right. A podcaster like us. Yeah. There you, there go. you go. I like that. A stranger on the bus. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got the slob covered. I've got the stranger on the bus because no one's listening but myself to my own podcast. Absolutely. Actually, if I just took the earphones out a bit and put it on full volume and started hanging around on buses when the lockdown was a little bit more open and let people get annoyed by hearing this voice, which is actually my own and George's, trying to listen into what did he say? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. What are you listening to? Is that the way forward? You know, Pod, like, I'm not saying God is a slob, but if he was a slob on a podcast or like one of us, how the hell do we get to the audience? How that, you know, because watchers, it doesn't matter who you are. If no one can hear you, are you going la 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 in the woods? I, I think we need to actually have a little bit more faith, you in your universe, me in my God, that there are listeners out there. And it may just be that it's just not, quite the right time but when the right time happens the doors will open and i think that's that's a key thing as well it's it's ne it's in 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 your universe time and it's in my god's time that when when things will actually open up one, one of the other things that we, we we did mention we mentioned the woke thing which um popped up a, a, a couple of times during our previous um conversation and one of the things that's quite interesting there was i talked about critical thinking why critical thinking is important is because out in the current media, there seems to be a conflict between how that idea of woke should be used. In its original concept, it was this idea of being awake to, to the frustrations of what's going on, and that might inspire an anger within you to take some kind of action. And I think that's the key thing, not to just sit back passively, but to act on what's motivating you. 
the other thing is that it seems as though a certain side of the conversation has has adopted the same language but turned it on its head made it something that it wasn't meant to be and and basically is giving it the a negative connotation which wasn't really what the original idea of the word was and now it's been mixed up and thrown around in different areas and and quite and because of it you could end up offending all kinds of people left right and center and that's that's where i think what we're trying to do in in our podcast now is that we come from diverse backgrounds different backgrounds but we also want to listen to what other people have to say. And that's why we want to start talking to guests that may have totally opposing views to what we have, just to see where they're coming from and allowing us then to be critical in our way of thinking, just to see, well, what is it that they think and what is it that we think and how does that work out? And, okay, maybe we just need to move around here to get a slightly different look at things and, and we can see what angle they're coming from. But it's also about showing them each respect in some form that they have the right to think the way they think, even though it may not be the way we think, which is okay. That's all right. But there's lots that we can actually learn from that process, which I think is is very, very important. And the great thing is that through the conversations with Garvin, I'm now discovering a certain way of thinking that other people have towards the way the world, the universe, an influence has on their lives. And I, I can recognize that although I may be using a slightly different language to what Garvin's using and what other members of my family use, there is a similarity in what we're saying uh, and discussing in how we see this agent that's out there in some form or fashion is influencing our lives and guiding us in a certain direction. And I think that's that's quite useful. Now, other people totally disagree with that concept. They kind of think there's nothing out there. If I can't see it, hear it, feel it or whatever, touch it, everything, it doesn't exist. It's It's not there. And yet there are things that are going on. And I think it's having that open mindedness to 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 see. And the other thing is that they're on their journey. They're on that road that they're on. And that from their perspective, they can't see what we might see and we can't see what they might see. And so we don't have the full picture. And that's why it's so important to have as many conversations as we can with other people to get a better picture of what it is that's out there. So we understand what is the truth if that's the if that's the important thing and that's what we're on we're on a journey of discovery and through what we're hoping to do through the podcasts through the eventual film production academy we're hoping that we'll eventually be able to help equipped people with the skills and techniques that they need to explore those very same questions why are we here what's it all about and what if god was one of us <laughs> a podcaster with no audience but that's grand i'll go with it now you also Mentioned a couple of words in there, and as I said, my brain just hook, just latches on a word. And then I might forget what's said afterwards or even beforehand because it just picks a word it likes. And then it starts to try and manifest uh, something around that word. And I heard blind. And you were talking about, you know, one bunch, you know, being blind and then another bunch. So now all I heard was the blind leading the blind. So, or, and this is the art of conversation, and there's two sides to every conversation, but if there's two sides to every conversation when the blind are leading the blind, where the hell are we going? You know, they, they might be able to speak, they might be able to talk. One bunch is shouting at the other bunch across the room over here. They can't, they're trying to work out where they are versus on echoes and sound. But if we're all blind, who's leading who? Now, are we blind? 
you know, we're blind to our own convictions. We're blinded by the truth. We're blinded by the light. We're blinded by the darkness. We're blinded by false news. But are we blindly go a certain way and nearly ignore the signs? And sometimes that's what I do. I, I keep on pushing through blindly. Now, maybe I should be walk, like looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a light at the end of the tunnel. It's coming at me fast. It's a choo-choo train. Yeah, you want to get out of the tunnel. You want to get the, you want to back up fast. It's that type of light. There's the other type of light at the end of the tunnel is, oh, come this way. But that's the end of days. That's follow the light to the end of the days. It's just showing you the way to a new realm. But the more you follow that light, the more you're giving up life. That's another way of looking at it. But at the same time, I'm going... The blind are currently leading the blind. None of us are actually right. We're fine for what we're doing ourselves in the life that we've chose, whoever we are. We're, some of us are entrepreneurs. Some of us want to work. Some value time over money. Others money over time. Everybody's right and everybody's wrong. But what kept, kept on sort of popping up in the universal flow of manifestation of information and ideas is, uh, and for the last week or so, and probably for the last year or so, what keeps on seeping through the floatsome and the jetsam is there is only time. There is only now. Make sure you're enjoying now. Don't I keep on bringing the future worries in. They may never exist. They may never happen. I could wake up dead. I keep on saying that. I might already be dead. I might already be a figment of George's imagination. But it doesn't matter. It's time is now. Now is time. Celebrate the little wins. We're doing up the kitchen at the moment, and it's just literally I've been painting for 20 hours. I've been painting white. Actually, I just said to my sister this morning, she asked me what I was doing. I said, I've been painting the kitchen. Everything is white. I'm gone blind with the amount of white I'm painting. I can't actually see anything else because I'm being dazzled and blinded by the whiteness. But I am a colorful personality, and I go, Is white a color? I think it's white. I'm not too sure whether white or black is the absence of colour. You know, I mean, George white, might white, educate me on that one. Yeah, white light is basically a mix of all colours and black is the absence of any colour or any form or fashion. So if you start to take uh, any of the colours well, from light, you end up with a, a colour. Well, we are, I think we are not black or white. We are not yin or yang. We are the rainbow and we are all colours. And depending on the day of the week, you know, Monday for Bob Geldof on the Boomtown Rats. It might be a bit black, but a little later in the day and a little later in the week, it's there's a full rainbow out there that you can enjoy the colours of. Colour up your life. Don't be black or... Don't take things as black or white, yes or no. The art of conversation is to have a colourful flow of ideas. I think that's where we are. You mentioned the, the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel, and you reminded me of a film I watched over the weekend on Netflix called The Mitchells and the Machines, which is pretty good. The Mitchells are the only family that are still not being captured by the machines, uh, and they're, they're a dysfunctional family with all kinds of problems. It just so happens the daughter's a filmmaker, so I cottoned on to the idea I could understand who she was and what she was about. And the great thing about that particular show was the story structure that we're now starting to embark upon as we write our own script for our own movie and all the key things happen. So I think that was actually quite good. But as you were talking there, not only of the tunnel of light and the likes of, 
you'd mentioned if we can't see who's leading the way. And it suddenly reminded me of the bats that fly around the hat here, house here. A lot they can't see, but they're using echo and they have a radar system. So although they can't see visually the way that we would do, they have a, an idea of where the sounds are and it paints a picture of where they are within their own sort of form of existence. So that, that becomes something that's quite interesting. Just because we can't see something doesn't mean we can't hear it and gain an idea of our environment or touch it and feel a way around the environment. So sometimes it isn't just someone that uh, sees all the time because they may be seeing wrong. You mentioned the idea that, you know, everything, you're blinded by the white. And it also reminded me of, you, you know, when there's a saying about, I can't see the wood for the trees. In other words, they need to step back a little bit so they could get an overall picture because they're actually in too close to seeing what's going on. And that's one of the issues that we could also have. And that's why... Quite often, I've been speaking to a couple of people who have, who are in their current jobs overwhelmed by the activities they're being asked to do. They're so overloaded that they can't think straight and they're actually on the verge of a breakdown, probably. Now, this is a number of different people. I've spoken to a few people about these kind of concepts in different places. And what they're actually talking about is the fact that they, they are finding themselves incapable of handling the amount of data that's going into their head. They're physically okay, but they're mentally not okay. And that will eventually overload them physically because they won't be able to uh, cope with the problem. So that sense of taking a break, I think, is, is really important because we tend to forget about that. We're, we're, it, like I, my wife is at work and she's on Zoom calls and the way they're doing it, they've programmed in the Zoom calls one after the other after the other. There's no time for toilet breaks or, or lunch breaks or, or a coffee break to to have the other things you were talking about sort of filter through, buffer through the whole place. And it it is overload. And then if we overload the computer in that way, it would crash. It wouldn't be able to cope. It would suddenly go blue screen, which is what Garvin's hoping doesn't happen. You know, it wouldn't be able to work because you've overloaded it. I've had that problem with my little Mac here that I've opened up so many applications. It's kind of going, hang on a second. I can't cope with all this. Give us a break. And that's something I think we need. We, we actually need to give ourselves a break and, and to stop trying at times. That's something I think that's popped up a few times in our conversations. You can overtry and overtry and find that you are blocked because of your overtrying. If you are overloaded by what's going on and you keep on pushing through, eventually what will happen is that you will break down. You won't be able to carry on. And you'll, you'll, your body will tell you that you've got to take that break now. And it will physically put you, in some cases, put you to sleep. It will knock you out completely until you've had enough time to, to rejuvenate your body and your brains. And I think in this world that we're living in, there's so much being expected of people and there's no real sense of value, but we need to give ourselves a sense of value. And that's what I think we're doing in these shows now, is that it's, actually, it's through these conversations that we begin to realise that after we've listened back... Now, I know some people think, oh, you're being very narcissistic. We kind of go, no. Garvin's already said it earlier on in the show we've been talking about things and sometimes he's forgotten what we've actually said and and because we've been going through quite a lot so these shows give him an opportunity to when he's in a more relaxed mood and he, he doesn't feel that he's under the pressure of this camera watching him and that he's got to say something that's appropriate or meaningful 
he can then listen through. And I've done the same thing that after the show, when you get a chance to listen as an audience, you pick up on things that you hadn't realized was being said in the conversation. Because each each moment you're, you're trying to grapple with lots of technology, you're trying to grapple with what the other person said, you're trying to remember what they've said so you could actually add something meaningful into that conversation. And when he comes back, you suddenly kind of go, oh, look at those gems. There's some little things in there, little nuggets that I could use myself based on that conversation to help improve my life. And there's where the value comes in, because we we tend to knock ourselves, which is what we were doing earlier on in the beginning of the show. We were kind of going, oh, you know, you know, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. And then it's it's get the little wins that we were saying, get the little gems, the little things that mean something and give you a sense of purpose. And there was a show that I was watching this morning. It's by DW. DW is a German sort of documentary company that releases stuff on YouTube. And they were talking about a different way of looking, how... They were now setting up companies that were about purpose as opposed to profit. Now, I know this seems a bit mad, but if you've got people working and they feel they've got a sense of purpose, they actually put a lot of effort in. And what you find is the company starts to generate an income. And as Garvin said earlier on, if your focus is purely on money, you quite often find you never achieve what you're trying to achieve because you don't have the passion for what you're trying to do. And what these people are doing is they found they found their purpose and they're now trying to go for their goals. And I think that's what we're doing. We found our purpose. And without a lot of effort, which may sound a bit crazy, without a lot of effort, we have now achieved in this episode, episode 77. And because we weren't overly critical about what we were doing, we were using that 80-20 rule that Garvin's been talking about throughout our shows, we suddenly gave ourselves that breathing space to accept what we were doing, get it out there, learn from any mistakes from the last show, from the last show and make sure we amend it for the next show and keep on going, keep on going. And now we've built up this big body of work, which I'm quite pleased with and I think Garvin's quite pleased with as well. Very good. I'm not going negative, but it's it's what imagery came into my mind. And again, it was something you said or didn't say. And I'm reminded of the death march, the death march of these ants, I think they are. And what it is, is if the one ant loses its way or its scent, it goes around in circles. But then the rest follow. And what you have is this swarm of a death march that has been... I, I think someone was filming it for a, for a documentary and it was showing them they couldn't break out of the cycle. They were all, once they went on that one round circle, they had set the, the pheromones or the scent and now they are encapsulated and doomed into this march that there's no end to and they cannot break free from. So, but we're not in a death march. We're, we, you know, we, we have still got our senses. We can, if we ignore those senses, go around in circles and keep on going around in circles and expect a different result. It's not going to change. You're in your death march. And the, what the meaning of the death march is, your time is being consumed in going around and around again. And the same thing is going to happen, give or take. Therefore, you know, if someone, on the, the external observer can look in and go, you can see what's going to happen in X amount of days or years or such and such. This is the end game. That's what it looks like. We can predict it right now within a certain margin of error. We're not on that death march anymore. 
you know, we we broke free of it. That's what we did a couple of years ago. Whether it been whether we pushed ourselves or were pushed, or whether the universe actually helped, it actually all aligned together. We we both pushed ourselves, and to get that extra jolt, the pandemic kicked in as well to remove a little bit of the fall back into comfort zone. So we we were where we were ex- actually extrapolated, not extrapolated, but extracted from our death march of spending our years doing whatever it is we were doing. Now we're on a new journey. We're two of those killer ants or soldier ants. And we're, we're looking back and we're seeing the rest of them going around in circles. And, and, and the further we go away from it, the more we see there are more of them are going around in bigger and bigger and wider circles. But they're going nowhere. We were there and we were going nowhere. We were, when we were there, we didn't know because we were following the crowd. We were following the masses. We were surrounded by what seemed like like-minded people doing like-minded things. And what we were on was the death march. I think we're full of life now. We're on that journey. We're off out into the Amazon forest going, you know, we don't know where we're going, but we're following this scent. We have a new scent, a new sense of direction. We're, we're journeying out. There might only be two of us on the journey. We're looking for the rest of the army. They're out there too. We'll find them along the way. We've more, actually, now we have more chance of surviving. And we have more chance of thriving by going on that road less traveled by. We're hoping to shout back at a bunch of them and go, Oi, over here. And break the cycle for others so they can join us on that new journey. And that's bring us back to this journey of entrepreneurship. Or it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It's just the break from the comfort zone to break out and walk out into the unknown and not be fearful, be mindful, but not so much so as to revert to the death march. So that's what I heard. <laughs> and that's a really good place to end this episode because we have been looking at the fears that we had at the very beginning. It's a Monday morning and we just realized that we were thinking of Bob Geldof's song, We Don't Like Mondays. And then we also realized that we should take the little wins because there was a little moment where we got told that there was a thousand downloads from Podbean. So that was a woohoo. And I think that was actually quite good because it gave us this sense of, well, look, there's a little win. Let's accept it. Let's pat ourselves on the back because there's plenty of other people that will try and thrash us like nobody's business and tell us that we're, we're, we're foolish in what we're doing. But we've also recognized that on this particular journey, which we started out by simply doing what we've done every week and continue doing it, we've now generated 77 episodes. And there is an audience that is enjoying what we're doing and they like what we're doing. But we're also now getting a chance to reach out, which is where the new beginning comes. We're reaching out and kind of going, we can't keep just talking to ourselves. We've got to talk to other people. We've got to open up the arena for new ideas and new perspectives within what we're doing. And that's why we've gone out now and started to find people, diverse people, different backgrounds to us, different businesses to us, to see what it is that they're doing and see what similarities that we have between them and what they're doing and how we can implement those things within our own sort of mindset. And I think that's that's the idea that Garvin's saying, that if we just follow the two ants in the middle, they'll go round, round, round circle, and they'll go into a black hole. Whereas we're seeing a different perspective. We're now looking outwards. We're chilling out. We're not getting overloaded by doing too many of these things in one go and finding that we're getting burnt out. 
we're pacing ourselves so that we know that we can deal with and cope with the work that we're working on at the moment. And we'll see a bright end at the end of the day. And I think that's where Garvin was. He was seeing a bright end by, by painting his kitchen white and he was getting blinded by it. But, but it still gave him the opportunity to think things through and start to evaluate the place that we're at and what do we need to do to change things so we don't end up like the two little ants that cause the rest of the nest to go round and round in circles? That's the key thing. We're moving forward to the summer. The summertime is here. The doors are opening up. We're going to get a chance to get a breather and go out there and enjoy company once again in the next couple of weeks. And so that's something they're that excited about. And again, we'll have new experiences and new opportunities. So... For me, George, thanks very much for listening to the show. Hope you'll join us next week. And it's over garden for the last little bit of message. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. And it turns out because they were back in the 1980s and people kept on mistaking me for Bob Geldof. And I thought it was a better looking version. And now I do like Mondays because I'm awake. I'm alive. There's time left to do something about it. New beginnings. New day has dawned. That's where we are. Friday night is good as well. But looking forward to the weekend. Summertime is here. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.